Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Preseason is officially wrapped up, and with preseason being wrapped up uh, today, which when you're listening to us is yesterday, so Tuesday, it is officially cut day as of 4 p.m. Eastern time. All of the teams had to cut down from their 90-man rosters to 53. Lots of movement today, lots of little trades happening. Uh, I'm not going to touch on all of it, obviously, because I could be here for multiple hours if I did that. Um, that's not the plan today. The plan today is I'll go over some of the moves that happened, and I'll, as always, go over the NFL weekly update since we last spoke. Um, and yeah, for this episode, I am going to be doing my award previews and predictions, and I will finally be giving my playoff teams my official playoff teams I don't think I'm ready to do Super Bowl matchup I'll save that for next week's episode um but yeah I guess let's get right into the NFL weekly update um so 4 p.m passed and Jonathan Taylor will remain a Colt uh They are putting him on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. So that means he will miss the first month of the season. Uh, And my initial thought to that was, oh, does he count against the roster if he's on the pup list? He does. So it's not like, okay, we'll put him here for now and we'll try to move him. Uh, He's on the list. He's going to be a Colt. Honestly, I don't know why the Colts were ever going to try to move him. Um, Giving Anthony Richardson a run game and Jonathan Taylor is probably the best weapon uh, this Colts team has. So getting rid of him and for Anthony Richardson's rookie year seemed like a dumb mistake. They're not going to do it. Um, From a Dolphins perspective, this was a move that I was hoping the Dolphins were going to make. Just from a sheer, I think this would have really put another level to our offense. Again, I've always liked our running back group. Our running back group is solid. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor is a top five running back in football. It would have been just a whole other level. Uh, the entire offseason, the Dolphins seemed to be in on every running back that was available. We talked about Saquon. We talked about Josh Jacobs. We talked about Dalvin Cook. And then we talked about Jonathan Taylor. Uh It just seemed like Chris Greer was unwilling to move from his price and not willing to flex on that at all. Um, I don't blame him. Running backs are a dime a dozen. You don't have to give up a premium to get a good running back nowadays. Uh, So he stays. Good move for the Colts. Uh, Yeah, I think that they're happy to keep him here for this year. Maybe Jonathan Taylor doesn't even play and he holds out. We'll see. Um... Moving on, though, uh, this was kind of the first big news uh, from the last week. But Trey Lance, uh, he was named the third-string quarterback behind Sam Darnold, and then he was promptly traded to the Cowboys for a fourth-round pick. Uh, Talk about the move from a Cowboys perspective. I don't... I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I know that the Bills were interested, and I know I think I saw that maybe, like, the Chiefs were, and... Those would have been good spots, spots where, you know, you learn, you learn from some of the, like, the two best quarterbacks in the game, no real pressure, just get better as a player. 
Uh, and he shouldn't have any pressure to play while he's in Dallas, except Jerry Jones has just been adamant on... I don't think he really likes Dak. I don't think he's... Even when they drafted Dak, he still liked Romo better. He just said recently that they almost drafted Jalen Hurts, uh, which they could have because Hurts got drafted 53rd and the Cowboys picked 51. But either way, uh, maybe this is a chance for Trey Lance to maybe get some room. Again, I, I don't think he's going to take the job from Dak. And even they have a good backup in Cooper Rush, who people were like, oh, is Cooper Rush going to take Dak's job? Um, I think it's just another headache for the Cowboys to deal with and their media and their fans and is what it is. Um, from the Niners' perspective, though, uh, the Niners who gave up three first-round picks to the Miami Dolphins, uh, thank you very much. Those picks turned into Jalen Waddle. Tyreek, I think one of those picks were for Tyreek. I think it was Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Bradley Chubb, and Channing Tindall. Um, Miami definitely won that trade, considering the Cow or the Niners only got back a fourth for Lance. Um, so Trey Lance drafted third overall in that 2021 draft. You might wonder, hmm, who was drafted after him? I got the list right here. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain. Devonta Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, and Rashawn Slater. That is a list of a bunch of very, very, very good NFL players. Um, yeah, sucks from a Niners perspective that you could have had one of those guys instead of Trey Lance, but obviously no one knew that Brock Purdy was going to be Brock Purdy. We still don't know if Brock Purdy is going to be that same Brock Purdy from last year. Uh just a hope, but it's the Trey Lance experiment failed. Again, I said it a couple episodes ago, he has not thrown the football nearly enough in his entire playing career as a quarterback. Um, he just needs more reps. I don't know if we'll get him, but we'll move on. Uh, next note up, Josh Jacobs signs a one-year deal up to $12 million. I think he just basically got the Saquon contract. I don't know what his guaranteed number is at but one year up to 12 million uh he's also changing his number from 28 to 8 uh again sucks for josh jacobs this is another running back that's going to be on that free agent market next year that free agent market is absolutely fucked uh yeah good for josh jacobs for at least getting some guaranteed money and a little bit more upside on that one year um Bucks longtime center Ryan Jensen is headed to IR, and with that, probably his NFL career is over. Uh, Ryan Jensen missed the entire the entirety of last season, played in the one playoff game, and I think it's the same injury. He didn't get surgery, so he could come back for a playoff push. Obviously, the Bucks were not that team last year. Uh, it was all for nothing, and then I think he's getting surgery on it now. So, he's older. I think his playing days are done. Very, very good center. Maybe a potential Hall of Very Good candidate down the road. Uh, we'll see. Other Dolphins news. Uh, Miami signed Zach Seiler to a three-year deal up to $38.65 uh, million. Uh, 20 of that guaranteed. I think the numbers average out to around $10 million a year or something like that. And for Zach Seiler, that is very, very, very good. Uh... My initial reaction was I was worried with, with the Jonathan Taylor news and us not paying Christian Wilkins yet. And I was like, oh my God, is Greer going to trade Wilkins to the Colts 
for Taylor, and obviously we'd, we'd, we'd be the ones getting picks back in that scenario. Didn't happen. I am still very hopeful that Wilkins and Siler can be our interior defensive line tandem for the foreseeable future. I really want them to lock up Wilkins. That's a great number to get Siler at. He's one of the most underrated players on the defensive line, uh, and he is going to show that this year. Um, I'm excited. Uh, moving on to another AFC East team. Corey Davis has retired or at least stepped away from the NFL. A um, little bit weird at this time of the year, but uh, you would think that the Packers' number two receiver going into this year, maybe it was Alan Lazard instead, I don't know, but uh, just takes another weapon away from the Jets, and I don't like their weapons to begin with, other than Garrett Wilson, of course. Uh because, yeah, now it's Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and then I guess Mecole Hardman or Randall Cobb. It's uh, it's not great, to say the least, on top of their offensive line issues. We'll talk about playoff teams with the Jets. Uh, yeah, weird. Weird for Corey Davis to step away at this point, but it is what it is. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles former first-round pick Derek Barnett has asked permission to seek a trade. Uh, he's just buried on that depth chart. Uh, again, former first-round pick, hasn't really lived up to that hype. A lot of people thought er, him coming out of college was better than Miles Garrett. Absolutely absurd. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's tough being a part of that Eagles rotation when you got have guys like Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, uh, Josh Sweat. They just drafted Nolan Smith. So... I don't know if they will trade him, but he's looking for options at least. Okay, finally we got some cuts, some lesser things that have happened over literally the last 48 hours. Uh, Josh Dobbs of the Cleveland Browns was traded to the Cardinals for Josh Jones. Uh, I think he's a tackle. I think they started him at guard and they were like, you suck at guard. They put him back at tackle. He was quite good. Um, The Colts, uh, no, not the Colts, the Cardinals drafted a tackle this year so Josh Jones would have been sitting on the bench and now he is good to be sitting on the bench for the Browns good depth for the Browns though uh and with the Browns trading Josh Dobbs uh that means Dorian Thompson Robinson I want to say Bethel Thompson but that's a completely other guy uh former Argos QB but uh yeah Josh Dobbs is looking to be the starter now for the Cardinals, um, because they also cut Colt McCoy in the process. Uh, caught me a little off guard. Colt McCoy's been there for a while. Solid backup, solid vet. Um, and weird, now you have Josh Josh Dobbs, who's going to be coming in with basically two weeks to learn the playbook, and they're going to go out there and absolutely get slaughtered by whoever, whoever they play week one. I forget. They're going to kill them regardless, though. Uh yeah, and Colt McCoy is now a free agent out there, a very good vet veteran backup. Again, he's just been the definition of solid veteran backup. You know exactly what you're going to get from him if you need him. Uh, yeah, I think that covers... Oh, also with the Cardinals, if it's not Josh Dobbs, it's going to be their rookie, Clayton Toon, who I know that Chu loved. Uh, he played pretty well in the preseason, so we'll probably see a mix of both of those guys throughout the year. Uh, who knows? It's going to be a bad year for the Cardinals. Uh, spoiler alert, the Cardinals will not be a part of my uh, playoff teams. <laughs> um, 
couple smaller trades here. The Broncos traded for Will Lutz of the Saints. Uh, the big-legged kicker out of New Orleans reunites with Sean Payton. Uh, kind of a weird move. I guess they like their really small kicker, if I remember his name. Blake Group. Blake Groupie. Uh, the guy was 5'7", 165. Got confused as a fan before and after the game, after kicking the game-winning kick. But uh, I think that's the Saints' new kicker. Uh I think Will Lutz is one of the better kickers in football. He has a strong-ass leg. Now he is in mile high. I think he probably has a good chance to break the NFL record, which is Justin Tucker at 66 yards. I think Will Lutz, Will Lutz is able to do it. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, another kicker trade, Nick Folk uh, of the Patriots got traded to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think the Patriots drafted a quarter or a kicker who they really liked it. Liked it, oh my god. Who they really liked, so Nick Folk gets the boot, which is funny because he's a kicker, and he lands with the Titans. Good landing spot uh, is what it is. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, who is my breakout player for the NFC West, has been traded to the Giants. Uh, again, I think there was this, this was just a thing where Jonathan Gannon, I also think that I've been calling him Justin Gannon this entire offseason. Could be wrong, but Jonathan Gannon, the Cardinals head coach, I don't think could find a role for him. And it's like, okay, let's send him somewhere else. He can get a fresh start. Good on him for giving him a fresh start. He lands with the Giants. Uh, made some plays in that last preseason game. I'll be interested to see what his role is with the team. He's an athletic freak. I just don't know if he can play football at this point. Um, it's as simple as that. Uh, another trade the Giants uh, made. They traded for Bills edge rusher Boogie Basham. Um, again, just good depth for him, uh, good rotational depth, simple as that. Uh, another Dolphins move here, uh, Dolphins traded former first round pick Noah Igbenogamy to the Cowboys for former second round pick Kelvin Joseph. Uh, I think this frees up a little bit of cap for Miami. I don't know what they're going to do with their cap, especially since they also restructured Cedric Wilson. Um, I'm expecting Miami to make a couple moves, a couple low-key moves anyways, but, uh, yeah, that's truly a nothing trade. I, like, I can't believe that we got anything back for no Igbenogamy, but, uh, here we are. We get Kelvin Joseph, who also isn't very good, but change the scenery. It can do some good for those players. Uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, former Patriots running back Pierre Strong was traded for... Tyrone Wheatley Jr. of the Browns. Uh, if you don't know Tyrone Wheatley Jr. like I did, he is an offensive tackle. Patriots need uh, some offensive line help, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, now Zeke is the... I mean, he was the clear two, but now there's like no threat behind him of people to take rushing opportunities. Uh, Pierre Strong might be RB2 in Denver. Uh, he has to battle Demetric Felton and Jerome Ford, I believe, but... I like Pierre Strong a lot. I think that he becomes that number two back for Denver. Not for Denver, for Cleveland, sorry. Um, sticking with the Patriots, uh, surprise cut. The uh, Patriots cut Bailey Zappi, who uh, looked pretty good for them last year. Looked better than Mac Jones at points. Uh yeah, so Mac Jones is now the only QB on the Patriots roster. They also cut Malik Cunningham, who was a fun player for them. Again, just a football player, doesn't really have a position right now. But uh, 
Yeah, kind of wild that Bailey Zappi went in for Mac Jones at a point last year, and now he's not even on the team. Kind of just shows you what they think of Mac Jones. Um, And yeah, Mac Jones being the only QB on your roster is very worrisome. Yeah, good job, Patriots. Uh, One last low-key cut before we uh, move on to some more fun news anyways. Uh... Oh, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, Broncos tight end Albert. Albert O, but it's... Uh, if I have his name in front of me. Oboyaconum, is that? Let me just look up Albert O. I just need to see his last name. Okwebunum. Albert Okwebunum. That sounds right. Either way. Albert O got cut by the Broncos. Um, was drafted, I think, in the fourth round out of Missouri. Big athletic tight end. He ran, I think he ran like a 4-4-9 or something like that at 6-4. Uh, and he quickly got claimed by the Eagles. So the Eagles have their backup tight end, maybe third string tight end. I don't really know how their tight end depth really looks. Uh, sue me. Um, but yeah. Um, and we'll end it with, uh, a few little fun things to wrap it up. Uh, we got some all-time quotes from Jerry Jones this, uh, in the last week, I should say. Uh, so Sam Williams, uh, Cowboys player who got arrested for speeding again. Uh, this was Jerry's quote, uh, about Sam Williams. Uh, this sounds a little hollow, but he is maturing. What was he going? 66 miles per hour? That's 32 miles per that's 32 miles per hour less than last year. 98 last year, 66 this year. So that's an improvement. Um he's not wrong. He was going slower even though he was still speeding. Also didn't say uh, was he going 98 in a 60 and he was going 38 over and now was he going 66 in a 40 or something like that? Um Either way, hilarious quote from Jerry Jones. He's like, ah, he's maturing a little bit. He's slowing down slightly while still speeding. Um, the next the next Jerry Jones, not even quote I have, but uh, Dak Prescott in the last preseason game uh, called the plays for the Cowboys. Absolutely crushed it. Will Greer put up an amazing stat line uh, for them. I think they had like 400 total yards on offense. We're very, very good. Uh, Jerry Jones, when asked about it, saying, oh, he did a fantastic job, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then mentioned that uh, the pass plays on third and short, um, he was not a fan of. Uh, He would prefer to run the ball in that situation, obviously. Uh, The Cowboys went 11 for 15 on third and fourth downs. So Jerry Jones just being, I mean, peak... Peak old head in football where running the ball, you know, you got to run the ball. You have to run the ball. And that's why he fucking loves Mike McCarthy so much. Because Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball even more, even though they ran the ball a shit ton last year. Uh, So, yeah, just complaining about that when they literally went 11 for 15 on third and fourth downs. uh, It's hilarious take by Jerry Jones. And clearly him not evolving with the times and being like, yeah, uh, third and five quick pass might be a little safer than trying to get five yards on a run because it's most running backs don't average five yards per carry if you didn't know um 
Either way, I mean, that just perfectly fits Jerry Jones because, I mean, look who he has as quarter or not as quarterback, uh, his coaching. Maybe Dak Prescott should be the quarterback or fuck, the head coach. I've just, whatever. Moving on from Jerry Jones, moving on from Cowboys. Uh, last note up, Kirk Cousins is rocking an absolute crazy handlebar mustache right now. Makes me kind of want to believe in the Vikings. Makes me want to put in a, a small future for Kirk MVP. Is he looks like a bad man, that's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, I, again, shouldn't put any thought into Kirk with a mustache and being like, ooh, is this going to be a different Kirk this year? Is this going to be a bad boy Kirk who's just going to be slinging the football all over the field? Uh, chances are by week one that mustache will be gone. However, if he keeps the mustache, maybe they'll make the playoffs. I don't know. Got some good mojo with that mustache, at least from uh, my mind. Okay, uh, that'll do it for the NFL Weekly Update. Let's move over to my playoff predictions and my awards for the year. Okay, award prediction, award preview time. Um, So how I'm going to do this, I'm going to name three players for every single award. I'm giving a dark horse, I'm giving a sleeper, and I'm giving my pick for the award. Um, cause obviously I could just sit here and be like, oh, defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, but we all know that those are the favorites. That's not fun. Let's try to have a little bit more fun with it. Get some guys out there who won't get the shine that they deserve. Uh, we'll start all the way at the, I was going to say the bottom, but it's not technically the bottom, but it's the most nothing award. Geno Smith literally got the award for being shit for most of his career. Uh, for it last year, but it is Comeback Player of the Year Award. So starting off at number three, I got my Dark Horse, uh, and it is Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross. Justin Ross almost quit playing football because of injuries that he had in college. He has worked his way back, and he has looked very, very good for the Chiefs this preseason. Again, I don't know what his full role is going to be. I think he's at plus 20,000 or plus 15,000 or plus 10,000. Either way, very, very long shot odds to win the award. Um, I think he has a decent chance to be the uh, Chiefs wide receiver one by the end of the season if he is what he is and what I think he is after seeing him in the preseason. Because the Chiefs don't really have a wide receiver one. They got a bunch of guys. They got, you know, Kadarius Toney. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, they just drafted Rishi Rice. Uh, I think Justin Ross has a chance to be better than all of them. If Justin Ross doesn't get injured in college, Justin Ross would have been a top five pick easily in the NFL. Um, Moving on to number two, we have Jags' new wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. Um, Obviously a little tough because, again, he was injured before the gambling. Let's not forget that. He was hurt before he gambled, and he was bored at home and decided to gamble, then he got suspended. So technically he's coming back from gambling, but I'd like to think he's also coming back from an injury that made him gamble out of boredom. Uh, I got Calvin Ridley at plus 7,500. I think he's listed at plus 5,000 right now. Um, Again, I think he's going to have an absolute killer year for the Jags this year, so I have him at number two uh, as my sleeper for... uh, for this award and my pick for comeback player of the year award he is quite literally a minus 350 favorite on any fucking sports book it's damar hamlin for good reason 
Uh, the man quite literally died, and he is now playing football again. Um, you kind of have to just give it for, to him just based off that. Uh, I, again, he's not even going to start for them. I think he's probably their fourth string safety behind Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Taylor Rapp. Um, it's a good story, though. We'll see if that story continues throughout the season, but that's why I like these, especially Calvin Ridley with that far odds. But I've, I, I have been told that the media won't give it to him because of the gambling uh, allegations. Speaking of gambling, I forgot to mention this in the NFL Weekly Update, but the Colts signed a notorious gambler, Isaiah Rogers Sr., formerly of the Colts, uh, who was suspended for the entire year because he bet on his own game, on his own team, um, but yeah, the Eagles are stashing him for this year and that'll be that. So thought I should mention, uh, but let's move on to coach of the year now, uh, starting off with number three. And again, there's no really dark horses for coach of the year. Cause I don't think like, Oh, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders watch out. They have really long odds. And it's just, no, we all kind of know who the good teams are. We all know who has the potential storylines to become coach of the year. Uh, starting off with this man, number three, Dan Campbell. Um, I think he has a very good chance to win this award. I think he might be the favorite to win this right now because obviously if he brings the Lions to the playoffs, if he wins the division with the Lions, it's his award to lose. I I think he is a fantastic coach. I think it's he's a fantastic leader of men. Uh, he comes in at number three, though. Uh, number two, we have Jacksonville Jags head coach Doug Peterson. Um, I like him in the two spot here mainly because I think the Jags have a chance to run away with their division and with an easier schedule, uh, have an outside chance of potentially being the one seed in the AFC. I know that's blasphemous, but they're not in a tough division. They schedule is a lot easier than teams like the Bills and the Dolphins and the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Ravens and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, and again, the Jags, who have been notoriously bad for this decade, if you can get them division win, 13 wins or something like that, no reason why Doug Peterson should not be in this conversation. And at number one, we have Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel. Um, I think this is going to be a, again, I have been saying it, it's going to be a terrific year for the Dolphins. I think the one seed is very much in play for us. I believe in our offense and our coaching staff and our defense that much. Um, yeah, I think if we come away with the division ahead of the Bills, um, I think Mike McDaniel has a very, very, very good chance to win this award. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, starting off with my dark horse, we have... Eagles safety Sidney Brown, who I talked about on last week's episode with Chu a little bit. I think he will be their starting safety uh, at some point during the year. He made a lot of plays during preseason, and I absolutely loved him in college at Illinois. Uh, he's a great player, plus 10,000 odds for him. Again, it's a dark horse. It's a deep dark horse, but I like the player. Um, at number two, we got Lions linebacker Jack Campbell, someone who I wanted the Dolphins to draft, and Lions didn't give anyone a chance. He was drafted in the top 20. Uh, again, super freak athletic linebacker. They're going to ask him to do it all on the field, and I think he has a chance. I think if, you know, if he becomes the leader of the middle of that defense, 
has a shit ton of tackles, maybe a couple picks, gets some sacks in there. Uh, no reason why Jack Campbell can't win this award. Um, at number one, we got Houston Texans edge player Will Anderson. Um, it's his award to lose. It really just is at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Will Anderson is was the best player coming out in in this year's draft class, in my opinion. He has a chance to, I mean, he's going to start immediately. He is the premier defensive player in that front seven. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. There's a reason why he is a heavy favorite for this award right now. Will Anderson, my defense rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year now. Uh, We have at number three, my dark horse, Dalton Kincaid. Um... And typically, rookie tight ends don't perform well. Um, I think that doesn't apply to Dalton Kincaid for the sole reason that they want to put him at slot for at least this season uh, to just get him touches, get those moves. Because really, all all some tight ends are just big slot players. They just maybe place a little, play a little closer to the line. Uh, and I think when you look at. Uh, the receivers who were drafted uh, early, like him, obviously he's a tight end, but I'm going to talk about the receivers, where Zay Flowers is probably the third target in that offense right now, behind Mark Andrews and OBJ. Jordan Addison, maybe the third target behind Hawkinson and uh, Jay Jettas, obviously. Jackson Smith and Jigba behind Metcalf and Lockett. Uh Am I forgetting someone else? I think those are the main guys anyways. I'm probably forgetting someone and people are probably screaming, how are you forgetting this guy? Whatever. Um, Dalton Kincaid, though, has a chance to be the number two target in this offense. Clearly, Diggs is number one. He's going to be ahead of Knox. Um, and that just means he's battling Gabe Davis for touches. Not a big believer in Gabe Davis. I'm a big believer in Dalton Kincaid, so that's why he is my dark horse for Rookie of the Year. Uh, Coming in at number two, I got my sleeper, and it is Anthony Richardson. Again, I said in my Hot Takes episode, I think Anthony Richardson has a chance to have a better rookie season than Cam Newton. Lofty expectations, I know. Um, But yeah, it's just much easier to win this award as a quarterback. I think Anthony Richardson has the best chance to do it. Uh, personally, just stats-wise, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm interested to see what he can do. He is my sleeper. Uh, and at number one, uh, Bijan Robinson, without a doubt in my mind that this guy is going to run away with this award. He is going to have an absolutely crazy season. I am happy I got him on one of my fantasy teams. That's for damn sure. He is going to do everything for this Falcons team, whether it's catching the ball, running the ball, throwing the ball. I mean, he's not going to throw the ball, but he might be better at it than Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number one offensive rookie of the year. Easy pick for me. Uh, moving on. Offensive player of the year. Starting off with my dark horse. Wild that I can even say that this is a dark horse. Uh, it is Travis Kelsey. Um, I don't know what else really Travis Kelsey can do year after year. He is constantly in the top 10 for receivers always gets double digit touchdowns uh the man is a freak this might be the year where uh 
the the media members just give it to him to be like ah this is like you you deserve one of these offensive player players of the year awards uh we'll see i think he needs no wide receivers to like go like complete go off completely and he'll also need a very very good season he can definitely do it he's pat mahomes number one target for a reason and with no real number two because last year they had juju say what you want about juju juju was a solid number two receiver that's all he is, but that's good. You need you need uh, you need players like that on your team. And right now, the Chiefs it's Travis Kelsey, and then kind of a bunch of question marks. I'd put MVS as their number three. They don't really have a number two uh, target right now, so Travis Kelsey is my dark horse. Dark horse for offensive player of the year. At number two, Bijan Robinson. Uh, this was a bet I made very quickly. Uh, and again, I think he has the opportunity to do this. I think the Falcons would need to be a playoff team for him to be considered for this award. But uh, I don't. I think he can have 2,000 all-purpose yards. I think he can rush for 1,500. I think he can catch for 500. I think he can have double-digit touchdowns. Uh, truly is the sky's the limit for him. I think he is a phenomenal player. And that's why he's number two as my sleeper. And my number one, my pick of the year for uh, Offensive Player of the Year, it is Tyreek Hill. Uh, again, a lot of this hinges on the health of the quarterback, and that's, of course, Tua. But Tyreek Hill had his best, oh my God, statistical year of his career last year with the Dolphins, and that was with Tua missing four games. Uh, did he miss more than four games, or was it just four games? Either way, uh, Tyreek is a freak. He wants to go off for 2,000 yards. He wants to be the first receiver in NFL history to hit 2,000 yards. Who's to say he can't do it? Not me. Uh, Tyreek Hill is my pick for Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. We're going to start off with a guy at number three, my dark horse, who wasn't even listed as an option for me to bet, which I'm very sad about because those odds went up to like plus 20,000. And it's like, fuck, I'd throw a dollar on him. Uh, it is Bears' new linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I am expecting Edmonds to... He's only been getting better throughout his career. And I just saw something that Stetson Bennett is like 150 days older than Tremaine Edmonds, who Tremaine Edmonds is going into year six in the NFL. Um, That's absolutely wild. But I love Tremaine Edmonds. I always have ever since uh, out of college. And of course, the Bills have the draft him. But now he is gone. Uh, with Matt Eberflus being his coach, Matt Eberflus puts a uh, puts an emphasis on his linebacker play with the Colts. It was Shaq Leonard and Bobby Okereke. Now it's Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. Um, I think Edmonds could have a Shaq Leonard type season for the Bears. And if he does, that's defensive player of the year uh, territory for him. Uh, number two with my sleeper pick, we have Quinn and Williams uh, of the New York Jets. Uh, one of the best interior defensive tackles in the league. I think after the end of this season, he might be the best defensive tackle in the league. Obviously, he has to pass over Aaron Donald and guys like Chris Jones and really solidify himself from guys like Dexter Lawrence and Jeffrey Simmons and Christian Wilkins, etc., etc. Uh I think he's going to do it. I think this is probably the best defensive line he has played on uh, for his career. Uh, all the reports I've read from camp is he is in the best shape of his life, which, I mean, training camp reports, everyone's in the best shape of their life. But 
Uh, I think I got him at plus 3,500. So I like that value for Quinn and Williams. Uh, again, the Jets, a lot would have to go right for the Jets for this to happen, but I like it. And my pick for defensive player of the year, I think I spoiled it last week, but it is going to be Micah Parsons. Uh, the fact that he is truly just committed to being an edge player now instead of uh, being kind of that hybrid. He was mostly edge last year, but he still played some linebacker for them. Um, and with his primary focus on being an edge player, he added weight. He added more muscle to his already freakish frame. Um I think this is a very good Cowboys defense who have a very good defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. Micah Parsons is very special. I think this this is going to be his award this year. And ending it with MVP. Starting off with my dark horse, uh, we got Tua Tagovailoa. I think that Tua, again, if he stays healthy, it's all health-related. Uh, will cement himself as a top 10 quarterback easily in this league. I think he's already a top 10 quarterback, but that's a debate for another time. Uh, again, if he stays healthy, if his weapons stay healthy with Tyreek and Waddle, sky's the limit. Uh, I mean, before he went down last year, he was an early MVP candidate. He got put up. I was like, oh, watch out for Tua creeping up in the MVP race. He did a very, very good job last year when he was healthy. Just needs to stay healthy. Tua is my dark horse MVP. Um, at number two, we got Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Uh, again, I expect the Jags to have a very, very, very good year. I expect the offense to hit another level with the addition of a wide receiver like Calvin Ridley to add to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and Etienne out of the backfield. And they just drafted Tank, Tank Bigsby, who's also looked very good. Um, I think this has a chance to be one of the best offenses in football, uh, which means Trevor Lawrence uh, has a very good chance to win MVP. Also, with uh, with Trevor Lawrence and Tua, their touchdown totals are set at 25.5 on the season. If you believe in these players, take that over, because they should both have over 30 touchdowns uh, easily next year. Um, yeah. And my number one, my MVP for this year, it is Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. I think I said this last year too. I, well, I said the MVP part about last year, not this part. I think the Bills got better in the offseason. Actually, I probably said it last year too, because I added Von Miller. Whatever, I'm getting off topic. Um, Yeah, Josh Allen, MVP. I just think it's a matter of time for him and for the Bills and for things to finally click right for them. Uh Again, as a Dolphins fan, I shouldn't be saying this stuff, but I do think the Dolphins got better. I think Stephon Diggs, one of the top five receiver in football, arguably. I think Dalton Kincaid will be huge for them. I think their run game got better. I think James Cook will be a big help uh, in the short passing game for them. Maybe Gabe Davis takes that next step that they need. Who knows? Because he has definitely flashed uh, in moments for them. But this is Josh Allen's year for MVP. Okay, to wrap up the show, now that the awards are done, let's go with my playoff picks. These are the 14 teams that I believe are going to be into headed into the playoffs. Uh, this was tough. This was tough. I've been saying it all offseason. There are a lot, a lot of very good teams. It took me weeks to figure out who, who my final wild card was going to be for the AFC and the NFC. 
I have figured it out. I like both of my wild card three spots right now. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll start off with the NFC. And if you've listened to my uh, division breakdowns over the last month, as you all should have, you know who my division winners are going to be for the NFC. Uh, NFC East, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. The West, we got the San Francisco 49ers. The South, we got the Atlanta Falcons. And in the North, we got the Detroit Lions. And again, if you listen to the preview episodes, you know I really like these two teams. Uh, wild card spot one, we got the Dallas Cowboys. In the second wild card spot, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Um, both teams who I really like uh, for the Seahawks. I also bet their win total over 9.5 and 10.5. Uh, both were at plus odds. I like the value there for them. I'm a big believer in the Seahawks this year as opposed to last year where I thought they were going to be dog shit. Really proved me wrong. Um, and for my final wild card team, I could have went with the team, you know, uh, won a playoff game last year with the Giants. Uh, could have gone with the team that had the one, or didn't have the one seed, but had a, I don't know, they had a 13-win season. They were, I mean... It's the Vikings who played out of their mind last year, had a bunch of luck on their side too. Uh, Maybe the Packers after getting rid of Aaron Rodgers and finally having a fresh face and Matt LaFleur finally gets to do things his way. Maybe, Maybe the Packers. I considered them all. Let me just tell you that. I considered them all. I didn't consider anyone else in the NFC South because that's just a bad division. Whoever wins that division is the only team making the playoffs from that division. That is a fact. Um, but yeah, my final wild card team for the Commanders is... Oh, I just messed that up. Oops. My final wild card team for the NFC is the Commanders. Um... Yeah, I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid on Sam Howell a little bit. Uh, Ron Rivera came out with an all-time bonehead quote, too, where he was like, oh, if we knew that Sam Howell was going to be that good, we would have played him sooner. Uh, This is the same Ron Rivera who played Carson Wentz in a must-win game, basically, to keep their playoff hopes alive, because he didn't know that they could be eliminated uh, from the playoffs, I think if the Packers beat whoever they had to beat in Week 17, um, Carson Wentz went on to throw zero touchdowns and three interceptions in that game. Sam Howell probably would have done better. Um, so yeah, Sam Howell. I believe in Sam Howell. When we talked about the NFC East with Chu last week, we both agree we like their weapons. The offensive line is solid. We really like their front seven. We do have questions with the secondary, but this is a good commander's team again i'm not completely sold on them making the playoffs but it is in there it's my official pick that the commanders will have that wild card that final wild card spot uh i think i bet them plus 340 to make the playoffs not bad value for the commanders uh if you ask me and we will end with my afc playoff teams again if you listen to my division previews you can go back and listen to that sorry for my really shitty internet This is my, oh shit, this is my last episode recording here. I'm going to get new internet. It's going to be great. It's going to be crystal clear vocal quality. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Also excited to just move in with my lovely girlfriend, but uh, that's another another conversation that I don't need to have on here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so for my AFC playoff teams, 
Starting off with the AFC East, we got the Dolphins in the AFC West. We got the Chiefs in the South. We got the Jags in the North. We got the Bengals. Um, the only one I was really flipping back and forth on is with that Bengals. And if you listen to that episode, you could see that I was really struggling. Ah, do I pick the Bengals? Do I pick the Ravens? Uh, what it came down to basically was, uh, the stability from the Bengals year after year where the Ravens are running an entire new offense. They got a lot of new pieces on the offense. Uh, yeah. So that's why I put the Bengals ahead of the Ravens for the division. For my wild card spots, though, the number one wild card spot, we got the Bills. Simple to say. I mean, I think I have Josh Allen as my MVP, which might be a little tough if they're not winning the division, but whatever. That's not for me. That's something for me to think about later. Whatever. Um, my wild card two spot, I do have the Baltimore Ravens. I. There was a part of me that struggled for a very, very, very long time of whether I would even put the Ravens in the playoff picture. Again, they have had a lot of health and injury issues over the past couple seasons. New offensive coordinator, new offensive system, lots of new offensive pieces, lots of new moving pieces. Uh, it's just kind of like, do I believe in them? But it's just like that defense is going to be very, very, very good. I believe in that, and I believe that the offense with Lamar might not click right away it will click and it will be a very scary team so they get my wild card two spot and finally the last wild card spot in the afc drum roll please the pittsburgh steelers uh this might come as a surprise to some people um Probably shouldn't because you knew I wasn't going to put the Chargers in here. Uh, you knew I wasn't going to put the Jets in here. I'll talk about them not making it in a bit. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin, who has never had a losing record as a coach, um, finished 9-8 and eight last year. I can say that the team definitely got better this offseason. Kenny Pickett has looked phenomenal in preseason. Let's see if that translates over, but... Uh, I don't know. I think this is a pack or a Steelers team that has improved a lot since last year. It's just again, it's tough and I'm leaving out teams like the Chargers, like the Jets, like the I guess the Patriots, like the Browns, like the Titans. Um teams that I could all put in this last wild card spot. I mean, I wouldn't put the Patriots or the Titans or actually I might put the Titans. Whatever. I'm getting off track here. Um, I am a big fan of this Steelers roster and the Steelers organization. I think that their defense with TJ Watt, TJ Watt put out a quote today that he wants to break that sack record. He's currently tied, tied the record and he missed two games in that season. Uh, people really forget about TJ Watt. That man is a force. He is going to show it this year. Uh, but yeah, Chargers not making the playoffs because I don't like Brandon Staley. I think he is the reason why it's just it's not going to work. He makes too many bonehead moves, and even if they do make playoffs, I don't care anyways. Uh, with the Jets, Chu and I talked about it a lot last week. That offensive line, not great. Um, we're not a big fan of the weapons outside of Garrett Wilson, and then obviously like Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook as the run game is very solid. Uh 
But I just think that there's some kind of power struggle and power dynamic. And again, we, you want to talk about the Ravens who I had question marks with, with a bunch of moving pieces, new offensive coordinator, new new systems, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is a Jets team that is going through all of those same, same struggles um, with an aging quarterback who I don't trust and I think is on the back end of his career. Um... It is what it is, but those are my those are my playoff teams out of the AFC. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll get some uh, thoughts on that one. I think especially with the Steelers, though. I like the Steelers to make the playoffs, though. That's that's something that I'm sticking with. That the Steelers are going to be a playoff team this year. Uh, yeah, and I mean we can talk about oh why didn't you pick the Browns? I know Biss is uh probably wondering also oh why didn't you put my rapist qb in the playoffs uh because you have a rapist qb and i hate that man and i wish nothing but terrible things for the browns organization as a whole even though i do think they'll probably have a very good team this year uh fuck the browns so yeah we will end it here next week will be the official week one preview i'll also go over some future bets that i like uh yeah we're almost we are almost one week away from that Thursday night football kickoff with the Chiefs and the Lions. That should be a very fun opening game because I have no idea what to expect from the uh, from the Lions week one. Should be a lot of fun. Football is almost here. We are so, so, so close. Um, yeah, if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace. Thank you.